Our first scripture of the reading this morning is from Acts chapter 9, verses 26 through 31. That is Acts 9, 26 through 31. When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples. But they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord, and that the Lord had spoken to him, and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He talked and debated with the Grecian Jews, but they tried to kill him. When the brothers learned of this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace. It was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It grew in numbers, living in the fear of the Lord. The Word of God. Our second scripture reading is found in John chapter 15. I'll be reading verses 1 through 8. In John chapter 15, Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers, and such branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. Jesus tells us, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. You ever gotten tangled up in a vine? It's not, it's not a pleasant experience, especially those that have uh, like spikes on them for, uh, for thorns. Uh, you're walking through the woods and you think you've passed over it and it kind of grabs your leg and you wrestle with it for a little while. Vines are tough. Vines are tough. They grow seemingly anywhere. And trying to, to get one, you might cut it down and before you know it, it's grown back. Of course, there are some vines that are desirable. One that comes to mind is the grapevine. I, um, I asked Martha about the grapevine wreath that I was reading about, and she said, oh, you can get that anywhere. She, I, you see, I've seen them at Dollar Tree. I've seen them at Dollar General. I've seen them at Walmart. I've seen them all over the place. I said, oh, my goodness, I had no idea that they were so popular. I had no, no, no idea that, that they were so common. Um, but I tell you what, this just this little simple um, grapevine wreath, when you look at how it's all wound up together, and my first thought is if I unwind this, it would remind me of one of those switches early on in my life that I came into contact with on a regular basis. But even this in its dried form is, is, is very tough, um, grapevine 
Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. Martha and I went to a funeral yesterday. We've been going to too many of those lately. This one was of a dear friend from Senatobia. His name was Jerry Arnold. I'd known Jerry for years from First Baptist Senatobia, and I, I knew that he was a very good singer. I uh, sang in the choir, and I would guess, what would you, just this voice, a crooner maybe, uh, Harry Connick Jr. type voice maybe, or maybe Harry Connick Jr. is maybe like Jerry Arnold. I don't know, just this really easy flowing uh, voice and sang a lot of solos at First Baptist. Um, but I didn't know this about Jerry Arnold. In 1959, Bill Black joined a group of musicians which became Bill Black's Combo. The lineup was Black as the ba playing the bass, Joe Lewis Hall on the piano, Reggie Young guitar, Martin Willis on the saxophone, and Jerry Arnold on the drums. At some point, Ace Cannon replaced Willis on sax and eventually took over the band, even though it kept its same name. Um, I met Ace Cannon yesterday at Jerry's funeral. The band released blues instrumental Smokey for High Records in Memphis in December 1959. Smokey Part 2 became a number 17 U.S. pop hit. My, how far we've come from that and made number one on the rhythm and blues charts. Sold over a million copies and was awarded a gold disc by the Recording Industry Association of America. A follow-up release, White Silver Sands, was a top ten hit and topped the rhythm and blues charts for four weeks. Eight of the recordings of the Bill Black's combo placed in the top 40 between 1959 and 1962. Their top album during that time spent a record one whole year in the top 100. The combo appeared in the 1961 Teenage Millionaire, the film Teenage Millionaire, Millionaire, and on the Ed Sullivan Show, where they performed a medley of Don't Be Cruel, Cherry Pink, and Hearts of Stone. And they were voted Billboard's number one instrumental group in 1961. I had no idea all of this about my friend Jerry Arnold, even though I had known him for 25 years. What did I know of him? I knew a humble man who was a deacon at First Baptist Church, Senatobia, a man who had a beautiful singing voice, a man who could do anything with a sound system. In fact, when we decided to start this church, Jerry told me to let him know if we needed someone to install a sound system, and he'd be glad to do it. So we never really needed that, and so we never called on him. What I knew was a man who gave up a life of fame and fortune and possibly more fame and fortune in exchange for a life that became a strengthened branch. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. Jesus is offering these words to his close followers on the day before his crucifixion. He knows what's going to happen, both to himself and to his followers, but they don't have a clue. 
they've already been pruned to some extent. The pruner's knife cutting away at their goals and ambitions in their lives, and they've already produced more fruit. But more pruning is coming their way, and it's coming very soon. They're about to be cut down by his crucifixion and death, and he's assuring them that it's not just going to be a cutting for cutting's sake, but that they will survive and even thrive. And survive and thrive they did. Strengthened branches as they abided in Jesus and as they allowed Jesus to abide in them. We find in our scripture reading from Acts this morning a man named Paul who used to be named Saul before he met the true vine. Upon deciding to follow Jesus, Paul went to Jerusalem to join the disciples, but they were scared to death of him. No kidding. Literally scared to death. He he had been trying to kill them. Before his conversion, he had been the the biggest persecutor of the followers of Christ before his conversion. You see, this one who had been trying to destroy the vine and its branches had now become a branch himself. And so Paul, this newly formed branch, went forth bearing fruit and we Read in verse 31, Meanwhile, the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace, partly because Saul wasn't in charge anymore. They had peace, and they were built up, living in fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. The church increased in numbers. So here we have before us examples of strengthened branches. We see the early disciples having been pruned a bit, but then flourish and bear fruit. We see the Apostle Paul dedicating the rest of his life to the health and strength of branches everywhere. And in some ways, my friend Jerry Arnold was similar. Upon a bit of pruning in exchange for some of his own personal goals and ambitions, we find a faithful servant of Jesus, one who gave his life serving God in one community for decades. With all these examples, we find strengthened branches. And so what was their secret? What led them to being able to produce the fruit they did? Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. Those who abide in me and I in them. Jesus abiding in us. The strength we receive coming directly from the vine. Author and preacher James Howell puts it this way. He writes, bearing fruit from the vine's perspective is different from the way we think about being good. 
ripening fruit doesn't grit its teeth and strive really hard to get bigger and change color. It's a passive thing. Nutrients are pumped into the fruit, entirely dependent on uncontrollable rainfall and sunshine. These processes are hidden underground where no one can see. And so you see, bearing fruit is not a matter of what we do, but it's what we allow Him to do through us. It's allowing the nutrients from the vine to be passed on into the branch and then into the fruit. It is from the vine that we gain our strength. Jerry Arnold, if you ask anybody at First Baptist Centotopia what he was known for musically, they would say it's the song, the anthem, The Anchor Holds. Uh, he sang it many times and uh, was obviously a favorite of his. Um, the first part of it goes, I've journeyed through that long, dark night. Out on the open sea, by faith alone, sight unknown, and yet his eyes were watching me. And then the chorus, the anchor holds, though the ship is battered, the anchor holds, though the sails are torn, I've fallen on my knees as I face the raging seas, the anchor holds in spite of the storm. Lawrence Channing wrote the words to that song, and this is what he said inspired those words. He wrote, The story behind the writing of this song begins in 1992 when my wife and I experienced what we now call our year of sorrows. My father died that year. We were facing health problems. I had come to a point of burnout from being in pastoral ministry for 19 years. And the church that I'd helped plant was entering the first phases of what became a devastating split. I was also reevaluating the focus of my calling. I was weary and discouraged. He goes on to recount other difficulties in their lives, and eventually, through prayer, the words of this song came to him. He writes, As I would sing it, I began to experience God's comfort, encouragement, and hope. Eventually, fresh vision came and I entered a new phase of the calling on my life. The anchor holds another symbol, if you will, that represents the vine. And so, this man who wrote that song was a branch who was strengthened drawing nutrients from the vine. And every time our friend Jerry sang it, those who heard it were strengthened as well. Today we observe the Lord's Supper, something that many of us have done over and over in our lives too many times to count. Yet with each time we participate, we have a brand new opportunity to ponder our reliance on the vine, the true vine, the life giver, the one who strengthens us day by day. And as we partake today, may you gain strength 
through your remembrance. And as we ponder those nutrients that come to us as branches from the vine. As always, this table is open to everyone. All are invited to participate.